to continue from where I stopped to moving on to the next episode or I say next episode, yeah, we are next episode, but like we're moving on to the next topic and I actually talked a bit about how you know when you talk about um hunger and you know supposedly dirty in a bit <laughs> and then you just think about them like don't you think that uh women also you know black girls also have eating disorders and things like that and yeah let's just let's just get into that i already spoke about the strong black woman troop on my last episode and another thing pops out to me when we talk about eating disorders and how people seem to think like it's like that study where they ask medical students and when i mean medical students i'm talking about students that are in medical school like they feel like they have a passion to treat and care for people they feel like they are in some way shape or form qualified for the art of medicine they are ready to dedicate their life to the hippocratic law they are ready and they think that black people you know can handle pain better than white people honestly some i think i need to i need to i need to just state this that there's in no way shape or form is anyone's pain greater than other however <laughs> like however they are great to it. <laughs> let, let, let's just be honest. Like you, you, you cut your finger, and I cut my leg. Like I, I don't get what you mean. <laughs> you, you cut your finger, and I cut my leg, and we're both in pain. But you know that my pain is It's like it's, it's the same thing with you. All life matter, black life matter, kind of shebang. Where we're like, why, why are you saying black life matter? What about my life? Oh my! I'm like. Your life is fine. <laughs> like your life is fine right now. Like you are perfectly fine. Like you should be happy that you don't need an hashtag. Like I don't get the obsession with hashtags these days. Like everyone is obsessed with an hashtag. They want an hashtag. Like at this point, like I don't want an hashtag and I don't I don't pray for an hashtag. Like so many people are losing their lives and then like, like their whole life and you know death is summarized into an hashtag like it is sad but at the same time comical because there's this group of people that are looking to have an hashtag like they are begging they are angry they don't have one so please give them one all life matter white life matter orange life matter like we are not saying that your life don't matter. Like, we're not saying that. Like, <laughs> I think people seem to be angry for no reason. Like, we're not saying your life don't matter. But right now, my seem, as in my seems to be, I feel like you don't even understand that my matters too. So, um, I just have to shout it out louder. Like, I will accept that your life matters. Do you accept that my matters? That's like the question we should be asking. Like, we shouldn't be going back and forth with the all life matter shit. Like, let's be honest. Your life matters to me, do my matter to you. That's just how it is. If it matters to you, then show me. Like, this is the same thing I said in my last episode. Like, we are not more, like, at this point, I don't even want to hear the word ally anymore. Like, if you are not going to be my accomplice, like, I don't want to. Like, at this point, allies are just these people that are sitting. It's like one of those, those sugar daddies that are sitting up in the penthouse and just, you know, spraying sugar. Okay, that came out. <laughs> like they're sitting in their penthouse and they're just spraying sugar on 
their hands like at this point i am looking for a fellow hand like i am looking for a fellow hand unless sugar that is about to you know come downstairs get off his pants you know he's well, I get up his pet's house and come down by my side. That's the kind of person I'm looking for. I ain't looking for Allah anymore. Just put it like that. Um, then going back to like mental health and this thing, I have always, you know, advocated for mental health and how important it is. Like I understand Africans' obsession with denying and you know declining any sort of mental health help like they just feel like they can do it all by themselves uh i agree to some extent that you can solve some things by yourself you can go to church and pray you can go to mocks and pray you can even visit your favorite babalao and do some incantations and you might probably feel better but at the end of the day you just need to go to someone you need to speak to someone <laughs> that's just that's just my opinion but because of this black strong woman troop um, our mental health is really anyone else's priority cuts you up and foments about the strength of black women like like <laughs> so another is that girls in marginalized communities have all of the same mental and emotional health issues as girls in wider communities well Except affluenza, <laughs> I don't know this. I, I was like influenza. Like what, what is she talking about? Like, oh, affluenza, which is less a mental condition in my opinion and more a convenient way to excuse horrible behavior. But they are less likely to have the resources or the language to address them. Yet they experience significant amount of trauma and their attendant consequences. Yeah. So it's like when you have like when um girls or let's just use girls for example because that's where i am a girl and when you have a daughter you are raising her in a black community let's just put it that way and you are maybe living off of stamps let's just let's just let's just look at it in that scenario and you're living off of stamps and you have to manage what you have. Like I understand why people even sell stamps now. Like reading this book, it just gives me a different sort of like I you know, it opens my eye to this thing. There's also the stigma of like um seeking mental health help. Like in Nigeria, they just think you're mad. Like that's just it. Like me can mental health. They just think you're mad and they just lock you up. They put you in kiri say kiri kiri. They put you in um is it aru abi asu what's the place called like they just lock you up there and you'll be forgotten like they don't understand is that is either they don't understand or they refuse to understand or they've decided not to accept that mentality is, is an issue but then they say there's a there's a potential stigma attached to the idea of needing mental health treatment or cultural expectation that someone in pain seek help from religion rather than psychology or psychiatry i said this before for those who grew up in the church prayer is more likely to recommend to be recommended than prozac and while there's nothing wrong with finding prayer comforting it can't fix big chemistry a pastor might be able to provide counsel in the moment of a hospital at a hospital or after a loss but they are unlikely to be able to regular to offer regular weekly sessions like a trained therapist this reminds me of when i was in secondary school <laughs> let me just tell you this story so i went to apostolic faith secondary school and not to exaggerate they don't really believe in 
you know, Western medicine. Like they don't really be. No, it's not. I feel like I'm like I'm I'm exaggerating. It's more of a prayer can do all things. Like I'm, I, I like I believe prayer can do all things. Um, that one is more of a put a you know drink lemon grass or drink some tea and you'll be fine. Like you don't need that drip. You know, you don't need that drip. You don't need that parastamol. The Lord will lay his hand upon your head. And I, to some extent, you know, support, like, I'm a huge prayer lover. Like, when it comes to prayer, even this morning happened to me, like, I'm already kabushing. Like, I'm, like me, I, me, I, me, I don't, I don't wait. Like, I understand that. However, I am a neuropsychologist and I believe, well, soon i'll soon be able i believe that we should always be able to separate sense from religion like let like there is nothing wrong because it is god whoever we are serving that are giving this um um giving us this life where we are able to develop and create things from the things he has provided us with like for example they do a lot of research in nigeria looking at herbs and things that we already have in the society like they use like maybe cacao leaves and try to find its effect on liver pathology you know all this kind of stuff we already have that because that plant was given to us by god so people the biochemists and the, you know the, the chemists that develop a drug from that like I just I just feel like everything is connected. So you can't just close your eyes to um knowledge given to us by God just because you prefer you know just prayer. Like you can go with God and you know, prayer my work. <laughs> Anyways, um the another thing was also how people seem to be you know happy with watching um stereotypes such as strong black women um <laughs> the wise indian the submissive asian and the sassy latina like we love them in tv shows like <laughs> we're getting ready for it novella. we love them but then when they come out and be like oh this um this isn't how things are and things are you know tougher than what you would expect then it's suddenly uh you are suddenly silent, suddenly crickets. We don't hear anything. Well, another episode, another chapter we move on to is missing and murdered. Like there are millions of women missing in the United States, and feminism movement is implementing about like what, what what are they going to do? Like I don't get what's happening. Like I feel like, and there's this also thing with this feminist movement is about. I feel like it's more of a white biological feminism. Let's just put let's just put it like that white biological feminism because if you are trans you ain't getting that privilege you ain't getting the feminism privilege I, like i don't understand if you are trans and maybe you are trans and you are black like your problem is like double <laughs> like like you are you are like getting privilege you know other people are like minus one privilege but now you're only like minus two times a million loss of privilege like because you are battling number one with race then number two, we've been trans in a feminist movement where they've decided upon, I'm putting quotes, they've decided upon, you know, <laughs> being white biologists. 
white biological feminists let's just put it like that so there are millions of people missing and a lot of them turning up dead and yet the police is doing nothing and our feminists you know <laughs> our our crowning achievements in the feminist feminism we are not doing anything like they're not doing anything with it like that because me, i'm doing my best like i'm doing my best yeah i am into i'm the eh, 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 eh. like another thing that also um I, I liked it yeah so meanwhile gender-based violence is clearly a feminist issue yet it is a place where race and class have not only divided resources and media but a range of isms divide the responses to those at risk whether it is transphobia anti-blackness islamophobia or xenophobia there isn't anything approaching a unified effective response to gender-based violence that is inclusive of all. I'm going to leave it there. Moving on to the next episode. I said episode, next chapter. Um, another subject that goes on in is one of my favorites. Race, poverty, and politics. Like, is... <laughs> I already talk about Trump and how, you know, he wants to grab people by the pussies and yet he was still voted or <laughs> was he voted uh, by a lot of, <laughs> a lot of women. Like, I don't know when I, when I talk about this, people always laugh. But I'm like, there is nothing more, you know, frustrating or more, you know, annoying than the fact that, okay, look at it. If it is a, let's let, let just, let's just switch everything off. Trump is a white, rich guy right with power right right rich powerful let's just let's just let's just give him all three he's right he's white he's rich and he's powerful and number one he's grabbing women by the, by the pussies number two he's proud of grabbing women by the pussies number three he's able to say he's grabbing women by the pussies like i know i said pussies three times in a row and i just said pussy again which makes it five times <laughs> but like he has all those three things now let's switch it trump is a black man right trump is a doesn't have a lot of money let's, let's just let's just let's just say he's even middle class trump doesn't have any power and he's saying he's grabbing my medicals he's saying you know like trump is not a rapper like let's just let's just <laughs> let's just put that story time on me like Trump is not a rapper, but he's grabbing men with pussies. Yeah, you know, you, I'm, I'm sure you're following along. He's grabbing men with pussies. He's saying there's grabbing men with pussies. He's happy to grab men. Would he be voted in? Imagine if Obama was grabbing men with pussies. Would he be? <laughs> like, would he be voted in? But yes, white women voted in him. So I guess we are, we are still where we are. Um, another thing also is the abortion and. I feel like the title of that um, chapter is Reproductive Justice, you know, Eugenics, and uh, what's it called again? I need to like <laughs> reopen my book because uh, okay, um, yeah. Um, the title of is is Reproductive Justice, Eugenics, and Maternal Mortality. We know that the amount of black women that die during pregnancy or um doing childbirth like a few days ago like i say a few days or a few months ago one of my favorite youtubers no longer mentioning she died um doing childbirth and it was so sad and it just brought it like it just brought to mind what were all the things we talk about and same 
one of the things that we are feminists always like to bank and ride on the abortion train and they are like where is your body you can do anything you want and there are some people are like well you are not allowed to abort a child like that is bad that is wrong that is evil like they are on your neck like i'm like honestly at this point i don't even know where i stand i, I think i just stand in the point where mind your goddamn business like <laughs> like i feel like that's that's where i am right now I just feel like just let everyone just mind their business then we'll be all fine like you mind your business i mind my business the government mind their business and yeah perfect like i said it's the other day where someone was like if we are going to you know worry or shame someone about getting an abortion like we should make sure that this blame is getting you know is getting to the man because she didn't get pregnant alone let's just put it out there uh yeah so you say however while abortion is seen as a feminist issue access to health care is not necessarily framed that way reproductive justice needs to be reframed to include the entire spectrum of choices surrounding every stage of women's health reproductive and otherwise the united states is constantly facing a health care crisis and only some people seem to understand that the issues are related and reflect the systematic failure let's just look at it you can tell a woman not to get an abortion <laughs> and the same way you are not ready to develop the health care and the system that a child is coming into like i feel like they're just they're just double standard like we don't ask the question we need to be asking like if you're like oh you, 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 oh okay for example and I, I feel like one example that she used was where she talked about you know the woman having enough funds to you know, okay so there's this group of people i feel like that is called um what's it called now what's what's that group called these people that believe that it's more like a, a selection when you get pregnant just select and make sure that you are not you know just make sure that to give us a healthy healthy what's it called okay yeah um eugenics is the practice of av- or advocacy of improving the human species by selectively meeting people with specific desirable hereditary traits it's aim to reduce human suffering by breeding out diseases disabilities and so-called undesirable characteristics from the human population i got this from www.history.com and i see i like i see what they're trying to do like i get it like i get it like you uh okay this might sound insensitive and i'm just trying to be as realistic as possible um a lady she is living in a black district she's living on stamps maybe unfortunately because of rape culture she got raped and now she's pregnant uh maybe at first she was thinking of keeping the child because you know <laughs> maternal instincts and such and she decided okay she's going to give it all she's got she's going to like she's seen so many stories of people who were living in a car and three years later they are owner of their business like she has seen so many testimonies and she feels like she can do it but at the, but at like at the root of everything or oh, she's still living on food stamps and she doesn't have a job right now so yeah she has to wake up to reality so she goes to the hospital at the clinic and she decides she's going to get she's just going to get maybe for like check up or something yeah, it wasn't light and she gets there and she found that like the child maybe have some sort of like new developmental issue or something you know that eugenics would like to breed out um and she decides to get an abortion now 
I am on the side of okay, she got an abortion because the like because child has like a disability and she's probably thinking I am not in a position where I can raise a child with a disability right now. Like there are so many things that you need and she doesn't have even to raise for a child without a disability. So yeah, so I'm on a side with the abortion. Honestly, I feel it might feel painful, it might feel insensitive, but that's where I, that's where I am. Like I'm there. I understand i get it but then again if you are doing it not because you know i feel like it's more of a double standard like you having money to do it <laughs> let's, let's just let's just leave it like think okay get take with, take with it whatever you will like this like this point like i just i don't even care again like i just don't care anymore oh. Then there's also reproductive justice. All those people who are claiming oh, trans men are no, they are no women. Ha! Huh, we see you, J.K. Rowling. Like trans men are no women. They are no women. They are no, <laughs> they are no biological. Like we don't give a shit anymore. Like honestly, at this point, I'm tired of all the the the, the biological warriors. We are tired of it. We don't. Like if do you know the amount of trans people that die in the United States? Because one of one of it is they are afraid of you know even going to the hospital to meeting this thing and that too is like we just be dying like i see so many you know people asking have you seen this suicide person have you seen this suicide person this suicide person was found dead like i have seen so many of them it's gotten to a point where i'm like how is all this happening and you know our so-called feminists are not saying anything um another thing i should also talk about is uh, okay, let's just look at this this um this paragraph together. She said, during slavery, black women were treated as is it cartel, 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 whatever. Their offspring human capital to fund the building of white wealth. The romanticization, romanticized image of the plantation hinges on the idea that black parents lack the emotional capacity to care for their children. That mythos persists today in welfare queen. In welfare queen narrative that position children as checks and not as much love and wanted part of the family whether this law is anchor babies or something else no one is safe from the like that only white parents have emotional capacity to actually want children like honestly this woman just spoke my mind like she just spoke my mind i feel like she's she can read into my soul anyways um i'm just going to round up on um my, my 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 just my last things that i just want to see and it is that i am tired of whitewashed feminism i am tired of the stereotype i am tired of the supposed bypass that we are uh, i'm i'm tired of a group of people in this feminism co this feminism you know environment thinking or claiming to be feminist at the top of the feminist pyramid and yet they forget about those who are not on the pyramid at all they forget about how interwoven race how interwoven politics how interwoven education how interwoven hunger how interwoven you know even getting pregnant and what abortion is with feminism women they forget about the people who are transgender they forget then there's also the issue with sexuality and much of, like they forget about that as long as they're comfortable in their privilege of feminism like i i it's just very painful and at the same time very you know 
<laughs> very uh, eye-opening um, and I would highly recommend this book. Like there's this quote that I got from, I think it's from an Esquire interview um, where she discussed about Brian Taylor, um, coronavirus disproportionate effects on women of color and one of the things she said is feminism often caters to those who already have most of their needs met. Like they, they you we already like I said before, feminism comes from a place of privilege. You can only you know raise the feminist banner and you know end feminist um how would I put it and feminist support if you already have the privilege to be on the same you know pyramid or on the same level in the pyramid with the top ranking feminists um yeah that's also all i have to see and yeah thank you guys don't forget to check out my twitter name over there is euphorexact my website is www.euphorexact.com um leave me a tweet on like you guys have just been making me so happy like you guys i'm happy thank you guys so much for listening to my episode um till next time guys bye